Hi folks, it's Matt here from the Ask the Arb podcast. Before we get stuck into today's podcast, I'd just like to ask you a favour. If you've ever got any value from this podcast, you could do us a massive favour by going to wherever you get your podcasts from and subscribing to the show and leaving us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at go-rover, and that would be fantastic. So let's jump right into today's. So folks, today I am super excited because I've got somebody with me today who I have known for quite a number of years. I met through the Inverness Chamber of Commerce many years ago, and uh, that is Hannah Lloyd. Now, Hannah Lloyd is currently a business development manager with Scottish Land and Estates, so I thought I'd get her in for a bit of a chat have a talk through her career to date, where she's up to, uh, and then we can find a little bit uh, more about Scottish land and estates, what they're up to, and uh, and how things are going. So, Hannah, welcome to my little box in Inverness. Is it is it good to be back up here in the Highlands in the sunshine? Oh, it's brilliant. Great sunshine, gorgeous blue sky day, and just really nice to be back connecting with people who have not seen for... Well, since pre-COVID, face to face, apart from up a hill. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. I should I should just point out for the listeners, we did bump into each other up uh, Fireish, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that was what last summer. I yeah, think? I think so. Something like that, wasn't yeah, yeah. it? Yeah, one of my yeah. favourite walks in Inverness. If nobody's done that, get climbing. It's Fire-ish. fantastic, isn't it? It's fantastic. Yeah. We I managed to get my youngest son James up there. Uh, a little while ago it's the first hill that he'd actually actually walked up properly and he was absolutely chuffed when he got to the top however it cost me probably about seven pound fifty in dairy milk to get him up there it's just like having a it's like having a puppy i just keep feeding him keep feeding him chocolate as he was as he was coming up the hill a small price to pay one of my favorite memories in the highlands actually when i lived up here was not long before i left i climbed firish in the snow for sunrise so I set off wow. from the car park you know head torch on um, and had a cup of tea and breakfast at the top which was just as the sun That's... came up behind Firish absolutely incredible highly that was yeah absolutely beautiful day well I kept I keep thinking about going up there with the drone um, mm. but we're always up you know it's family time isn't it so I'm either up there with my other half Katrina or or with James or with the dog or on a sneaky walk and you're like can I can I be bothered carrying a drone right the way up there? But I've always think flying through the arch. So we're nattering on about Farish. These people are going to have to go and Google this now. <laughs> F-Y-R-I-S-H? Yeah. Yeah, monument. It's up, a, up above the hill, above a little highland town called Allness, which is mostly famous for the uh, world's strongest man, Tom Stoltman and his brother Luke. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, I'm now going to uh, dive right back into your into your past. You're looking at my notes like I've got some sort of history book here. It's, it's really not. Do you know where I stole this from? So, uh, I went onto LinkedIn and I uh. stole this from an article uh, <laughs> that you, you'd given to somebody in a, in, a, in a magazine. And obviously, I know some of it, yeah. but it, it's always good when you start to do a bit of deep diving into people's backgrounds just, yeah. to, just, to, just to see. see where it is. So, where, where do you originate from? Because I'm picking up the Scottish accent there. So Well, London born, Yeah. then moved to the Lake District and arrived in Scotland age eight. Um, I'm 30 next week, so it feels like a long time ago. And, oh, um, no, now we're going to have to send you a birthday card. <laughs> it's on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, then grew up in Edinburgh, really. Um, went to school in Edinburgh, left school, went to South Africa. Wow. For a year, uh, and then went to university in Aberdeen before oh, going back to Edinburgh. Uh, what did you study in Aberdeen? 
management and real estate, but not in a straightforward fashion. No. So I left school and my place at uni was to do primary education. Right. Um, I wouldn't be sat here if I was <laughs> if I had pursued primary education, but I um, went to South Africa and ran a school in a children's home and promptly realised that teaching wasn't for me. Mm. Came back, started at Aberdeen doing teaching and confirmed it really wasn't for me. And so I left and went back the following year to do business management. And then as is so often the case in life, somebody nudged me to take the real estate modules. Yeah. And the rest is the rest is history. I end up doing management and graduating with management and real estate, which is then how we end up in the next bit of the <laughs> Yeah, so so story. what happened, so how was that course? Was it was it a good experience? Yes, I think I struggled at school and at uni with my own self-confidence and my mm. own inner belief. Um, and I've only really recently started to talk about this because I've realised that it's valuable to kind of share that vulnerability, particularly with people who are maybe 18, 19 at the moment yeah. and, and maybe struggling with that with that that part of their, their life. And and I I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not very good. And, and it probably took me until I was in fourth year to really believe in my own ability. Mm. And therefore, because I didn't believe in my own ability, I didn't work as hard as I could have done at uni. I found lots of it really difficult. I mean, as a management and real estate degree, you have to do modules in things like statistics and economics, which mm. all just go like so far over my head. And I'm not a numbers. No. I'm not a number cr- natural number cruncher. Unlike my dad, who's an accountant, it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't come naturally to me, and so, um, so I did find it quite difficult. But actually, ultimately, in my fourth year, after some, I kind of clicked with a lecturer, um, and I tried to contact her the other week. Actually, I can't get hold of her, which is a real shame. But I, but I really clicked with her, and she really believed in my ability, and she supported me. She wasn't my advisor, but she supported me through writing my dissertation, and I went on to get the best mark in my class from my dissertation Fantastic. i mean it's it, it's amazing how we self-sabotage ourselves as well because i mean i've been on a i've been on a a, a similar journey i'm quite quite happy to put it out there mm-hmm. i realized about i don't know maybe four or five years ago that i'd spent my whole life trying to uh, basically impress my father and get his get his approval mm-hmm. but the reality is that i don't know would you call me an entrepreneur i suppose so entrepreneur, i would say so businessman, <laughs> uh, running my own business with you know a number of staff is is totally alien to him who grew up just after the second world war um he's always been employed by somebody he's always been in that that kind of regimented uh, regimented system so it can it can be a real challenge and for you know i doubt there's any teenagers listening to this but we'll put it out there anyway (laughs) you know the modern social media is telling you all the time that you're not pretty enough you're not clever Mm -hmm. enough you're not doing enough everybody else has got uh is having fantastic holidays and driving Mm -hmm. around in ferraris and the reality is that that's that's not reality Mm -hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, just to just to have that experience to find somebody that can that can support you in that way. Yeah. And it's funny, my lead consultant Peter was in for one of these interviews a little mm-hmm. while ago, uh, and he was saying the same that somebody spotted spotted yeah. something within him and managed managed to pull that out. So that's that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I think always along the way, there's people who nudge you, and at the time, it's maybe unconscious in, in their actions, or you don't realise the significance of that, and. If you look at any, but nearly anybody's life story, you can find those people if you if 
you dig for them and I know I've got others probably come on to slightly later in my story who have done something similar yeah no that's fantastic so you you finish your you finish your degree you go off into the world of work where did you go to next um I actually initially went to work for a letting agent uh, and festival accommodation provider in Edinburgh um who I had done some work for in summers at, at uni I'd applied for kind of all the big name property consultancy mm. firms that you'll all be familiar with <laughs> and um, all their grad schemes and I'd been rejected and some I hadn't even heard back from some I hadn't some I had had a straight rejection from yeah and um, that was that was tough rejection is always tough but reflecting back actually relatively quickly afterwards probably you know three four months after I was like I didn't get those jobs because I didn't want those jobs and that for me was the reality I, I actually didn't want to go on and be a surveyor, a land manager, any of those things that lots of my contemporaries on my mm. course now are. That isn't what I wanted to do. And so I didn't didn't get the job. And, you know, when you're in a highly competitive environment like that, working for these big names, your passion is going to come through or it's not going to come through. Yeah. So you're going to drop out pretty quickly if it doesn't come through. So I worked for them, uh, for the sliding agent for... And I was on a fixed contract till whatever, October or something. And then I started to kind of just look at, in the summer, oh, what other opportunities are there? And then I discovered GLM through Facebook, completely randomly. Really? <laughs> um, a family friend of ours used to work for GLM as well, and his wife shared that they were working on the Fife Arms project um, in Braemar. And I was like, oh, that looks funky. That mm. looks cool. Let's look at GLM and see who they are, what they are. And who are they? What do they yeah. do? Yeah, <laughs> GLM are architects and building surveyors, uh, basically specialising in historic buildings. And I, in my spare time, like to go look at historic buildings and castles. So I was like, oh, hang on, this is quite cool. Um, but didn't hadn't quite worked out how I could fit into the team at GLM because I was like, I, don't, I still don't want to be a surveyor. Definitely don't want to be a surveyor. Um, and then about three weeks later the same family friend shared a marketing assistant position at GLM, which only comes up, I can say, about once every five years. <laughs> um, because uh, having just recently moved on, that job's become available again for someone else. But yeah. having, um, yeah, it doesn't come up very often, just really good timing. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, hang on. They do something that I'm really passionate about with buildings I'm really passionate about. I've got a bit of experience in marketing, got a bit of experience in social media maybe I should do this job and then I spent four weeks writing probably about 50 versions of my application wow <laughs> you really wanted the job no I I went through a very massive roller coaster my mum my mum will will vouch for this I was living at home at the time and we had a family friend staying as well who was also applying for jobs and every night after dinner mum made us sit down and draft our job applications and Every night I deleted it. Like, I'm never going to get the job. It's not worth it. I'm not good enough. I'm not right. I, oh, I can't, I don't know how to work the Adobe suite, which is like one bullet point in yeah. 30, you know? <laughs> like, and that's only been put in there because whoever wrote the job description was like, uh, uh, and they've probably never done it before in their life. I'm just making it up as they go along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm never going to get this job. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not right. And I had seen the job the day it went live and I applied morning the application's closed that's 
you know, that four weeks, I really was like, oh, there's no, there's no chance. And then, and then I got a phone call. <laughs> they were like, we'd like to invite you for an interview. And I was like, sorry, I think you've got the wrong person. <laughs> it's like, you know, full, full scale imposter. I don't believe in myself mode. Um, but I had a phone interview with Suzanne, who did my job before me um, at GLM. And then I was invited for a formal interview with, with Ian. And I remember going to the interview and my mum took me down onto Castle Street in Edinburgh where GLM's mm. offices were at the time and uh, she took me there and I said mum said oh I'll just wait for you and I was like okay cool I don't think I'll be very long <laughs> I was in there, <laughs> and I was in there in the basement in their boardroom chatting to Ian and Suzanne for two and a half hours wow and and I realized now having built a very close relationship with Ian that in that in that meeting room in the, on that day he saw something in me that i hadn't mm. seen in myself yet and he really believed that i was capable of doing the role within GLM and that i had enough experience enough willingness to learn and enough vague knowledge of their sector that everything else was teachable yeah and um he's another person who probably in the five and a half years I worked for him, nudged me lots of times. <laughs> it's it's it, it's always it's always about the people, mm-hmm. and and I've said that I think we've employed five or six people over the last eighteen months or so into mm-hmm. the business. So so quite a, a you know steep rate of growth, which has meant that um, I've had to get a lot better at interviewing people, and I'm not very good at it. And what I actually realised was that I want to employ people based on aligning with our own kind of uh kind of values and where we want to see the business grow because as you say probably 70 percent of almost every job is teachable uh unless you're working in a heavily regulated industry where you've got to have a a real suite of formal qualifications and i'm not saying that the formal qualifications aren't important they Mm -hmm. absolutely are as the foundation is the building stone but for people to be a good fit within a business that doesn't come along that often and it's yeah. just far more important than anything else really I feel so absolutely and I and I think what I have realized is that I could learn if I could have gone in there with no marketing knowledge with no kind of building knowledge even and applied common sense but actually what mattered was that I could get on with Ian and that Ian could see that I was going to work well with him and over the years we've over my time at GLM. GLM, when I joined, was one office in Edinburgh. When I left, it was three offices. I think you're selling yourself massively, (laughs) massively shorthanded because the... I, I I stumbled across you when you moved up to the Highlands with mm-hmm. GLM, which we'll come on to in a moment. But uh, you're an absolute tour de force. You're you're everywhere, and we'll we'll come on to that uh, in a li- in a little yeah. bit. But yeah. yeah, I think you're massively underselling yourself mm. there, which which we all tend to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's well, it's a British thing as well, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? We don't like to don't like to blow our own trumpets. But yeah, I uh, I, th- I think it's been an incredible journey. Yeah. So with with GLM, mm-hmm. how did you manage to end up? from Edinburgh in Inverness because some people we're a nationwide company but when we say on the phone to people that we're based in Inverness they think that we're in the Outer Hebrides it's just it's ridiculous oh I mean Inverness is the Outer Hebrides isn't it you don't have Wi-Fi or anything (laughs) come on (laughs) we all know that um how did I go from that well my first I joined as marketing assistant and I sat behind my desk in the office in Edinburgh managed everyone else's 
marketing activity, I managed our social media, I did loads of like prepping of mm. images and presentations for other people to um, to present. I, did, I was very much desk based. I started to get involved in women in property about a year into my time at GLM. Um, which started to give me a bit of confidence in networking and around people, but I really, that wasn't my space. I was like, mm, don't know about this. Um, and then I started to look a bit more broadly at GLM's marketing strategy on who we were, where we wanted to be and the work we wanted to do. And in the time I'd been at GLM, I'd heard lots of people talk about growth, wanting to be something bigger. And I was like, well, this is a marketing thing, but I don't think being bigger means being physically more people in Edinburgh. I think it means something different. And I started to think about it, and then I got this opportunity to go to actually a Scottish Land and Estates event at Gordon Castle um, with Ian, and we drove up from Edinburgh for the day. So, you know. Edinburgh to Elgin is a few hours in the car, <laughs> you know, and you're having a long conversation, you're driving through Speyside. And Ian made almost a, almost a flippant comment of like, how do we get more work here? And I was like, just turned to him and was like, we be here. And he looked at me like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. here comes a crazy idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With an ex massive expense attached to it, <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, as yeah. most business owners Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, none of the directors are in a position to move. And I, there was no like planning of this really in my head, but I was like, why does it need to be a director? I would go. And over the course of that journey, we developed up a lot of the idea. We went on to do research you know we looked at whether it should be in Inverness whether it should be in Oban or you know anywhere you know could it should it actually only be as far north as Perth or should we come you know the next hour yeah. the next two hours up the road was it the city a good place to be and then that summer we got an opportunity from an Inverness based business who we know well to take space in their office and it really was like everything was falling into place yeah. and Ian was like oh hang on we can take the space it's quite low risk because the rent was you know the rent was office rent in Inverness but it's you know it's quite low risk because we're in the building with people that we know and there's not that many spaces in Inverness where you can take a small office <laughs> I mean we're sat in one but there's not that yeah. many like no, this it's a challenge and yeah, it's um, a real challenge real challenge up here so everything kind of fell into place the GLM board were, were supportive and behind it and and I was like yeah okay let's do this we found a flat that the company rented and uh, and I was like right okay pack some bags <laughs> let's go um, yeah, and that's how I ended up in Inverness that's that's quite the story <laughs> that that and, and also that is a um that's a massive tick on the cv for your ability to um persuade people to uh act uh, act in a certain way isn't mm -hmm. it you managed to convince one of the uh, one of the board of directors of glm in two and a half hours to open yeah. an office in inverness uh, authorize your move and, and and away you went so that's that's yeah. that's pretty impressive <laughs> that's pretty impressive and once you got up to the highlands what did the role within glm involve then once I everything got, <laughs> yeah yeah once i got up to the highlands i really started to question why i suggested it in the first place i um 
I was still doing my kind of day job, my uh, organizing other people, social media, keeping everyone's marketing going, kind of having a view over everything. Um, but I also went from being a marketing assistant to being a marketing manager and having a much bigger responsibility for business development than I'd ever, ever had before. And um, I think the article you referred to at the beginning is one I wrote for Executive Magazine in which I recall the first event I went to on my own. And I remember it like it was like it was yesterday. It was it was awful. <laughs> I spent the, I'd been at an event with colleagues in Perth and I drove back up the road and it was a Highland Businesswoman event and it was at Bogbane Farm. And I arrived and it was dark and it was raining and I couldn't find the door to Bogbane. I'd also That's driven up <laughs> I mean a real challenge, right? I'd also driven up from Perth the whole time feeling sick and being like I'm so nervous why am I going to this event nobody's going to speak to me I'm going to be sat there on my own it's going to be hor- horrific and I was like okay I can't do this I can't do this can't do this and then I said like, okay just park the car and go in you've got to do this this is the start of yeah. the next year two years whatever and I remember like getting out the car locking the car taking a deep breath and just saying fake it till you make it absolutely <laughs> and walking to the wrong side of Bogbane and then to the right side to go in through the door and then recognising a couple of faces and mm. then the Highlands is a small place and so recognised a couple of faces and then soon was, you know, we were go you go Highland Businesswomen events, there's usually a dinner so you're invited and I was invited to sit next to somebody and then, you know, you're in a yeah, group of a five or six and you're having a yeah. chat and it's all fine and then from there on... The Highlands is a nice place to have done this because it's small enough that nearly every event there was at least one one other person, Absolutely. you know, yeah. who and you will know this your well yourself, Matt, that the that there are, you know, there's always going to be somebody you know, and and my remit from Ian had been to become the most connected person in the Highlands. In my head, my remit was to make myself a little bit famous, and I think I succeeded you smashed that all out <laughs> the park absolutely yeah i mean yeah. i think for a while i found it really disconcerting that i would go to stuff and people i'd introduce myself to somebody who i knew 100 i'd never met before and they'd be like oh yeah i know who you are i've heard loads about you and i'd be like mm, don't know if i like that but actually now i'm like best thing ever because it really i found a group in particularly in highland businesswomen who marketed for me yes you know they extended my voice in the highlands in the rooms that i wasn't in and um because i was nearly everywhere but not quite everywhere and um so it was really good to have those and you ended up in a fairly senior position in that organization didn't you yeah so i think one of the big things for me about glm and the way we were growing was that I didn't want us to just be a taker in the market and the Highlands doesn't really like <laughs> just a taker in the business market so I ha- I wanted to find ways for us to give back and whether that was with my time or with others in the organisation giving back was a really key mm. part of that for me and Highland Businesswomen struck me as a really lovely organisation run by a great group of women and actually I think it was only my second or third event where they made an announcement that they were looking for board members and I was like oh I can't bring network but I can bring marketing skills and I can bring passion and enthusiasm and a willingness to try and 
to the board and so I just went to them and said you know I'm potentially interested in the board and, and I joined the board and I sat on the board until I until I moved back down to the central belt mm-hmm. um, and it was absolutely brilliant and through the pandemic because I was furloughed from my day job through the pandemic I really came to the fore in Highland Businesswomen did lots of virtual events built some incredible relationships with some absolutely brilliant businesswomen in the Highlands who maybe felt isolated or who just wanted to speak to somebody other than their husband or somebody other than their kids or you know they want a bit (laughs) but actually those relationships endure those people remain my champions in the market here even though I'm not living in Inverness what sort of effect do you think Covid had on property construction that side (laughs) of things I mean I watched before my eyes sites close people panic Mm. in construction GLM had a, a huge impact of people panicking and therefore pausing everything. Yep. They weren't applying for planning because they were worried how long this was going to last or the financial impact it was going to have on them. They weren't buying property so they because the market was effectively closed. So they weren't doing pre-acquisition building surveys so our building surveyors were sat there. And so I think the it did have a big impact on mm. on just the the flow of the market. And then in the last year been renovating my own house and I've seen the, the massive impact on the cost of materials yes. and I think that's going to take us a long time to recover from. I think um, a lot of people, particularly listeners to this podcast, sometimes do underestimate the the length of the tail on the planning system and just what that can, that can look like mm-hmm. and how many professionals that they have to get involved with the project um, and as you say, at the moment, you know, Builders are stacked up to the wall. Materials mm. are uh, in in short supply. Professionals are rushed off their feet. So I think, although the market is recovering mm-hmm. and it's looking it's looking fairly good at the moment, I'm not sure it's quite as good as it was last year. Um, yeah. Looking looking at the sort of inquiries that we're getting at the moment, mm-hmm. but it's certainly an improving an improving situation. So yeah, yeah. And I think it is easy to think that your neighbour, you see your neighbour do an extension and you think they've just started that process and they've built their extension and you're maybe unaware of the fact that they've been in planning and thinking process for a year, two years yes. and you press pause on that process and then suddenly everyone wants to ramp back up at the same time, also a challenge in terms of resource for yep. businesses like GLM um, but, but there's still that, you know, there's still the same process to go through it's not like you've taken a break on that and therefore and the, uh, and i mean also the other thing particularly with the planning process at the moment is the fact that uh, a lot of the um, local authorities that are involved with this are still because they're very cautiously returning to work there's still a lot of um, remote planning committee meetings there's still a lot of uh, remote working I think my neighbour works within planning in the mm. Highlands and I notice he's still working at home and I think um, you know at a consumer level we might feel like covid's almost gone away and things mm. are almost back to normal but the reality is that all the other supporting uh supporting bodies and stakeholders mm-hmm. around the process are are still 
desperately overworked and like you say yeah. it can it can take months and months and months and months for even the most simplest mm -hmm. of projects to get to get planning oh, consent at the moment yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 crazy so up until quite recently uh, you were up here in Inverness mm -hmm. and then you've taken another role you've shut the door on on GLM and moved off to pastures new mm -hmm. so um, you're now working with Scottish land and estate so talk to me a little bit about them who are they what what do they do and, and what's your role within the within the business yeah so Scottish land and estates represents 2,000 landowners five and a half million acres of Scottish privately owned land um, and we as an organization are the main function of the organization is a lobbying organization mm. represent the interests of rural landowners helping rural Scotland thrive in Scottish government um, and beyond um, and so we have a policy team who each experts in their own field incredible incredible individuals way way over my head which is totally fine because I'm not in the policy team <laughs> <laughs> luckily my job is not a policy officer um, so they yeah so they specialize in all sorts of things from beavers to rural housing they've done a lot of stuff recently around the storms wind, mm -hmm. wind blow you know just rep being a voice for rural Scotland in lots of these conversations with with the bigger the bigger organizations um, and then my role is I'm part of the business team uh, as business development manager I nurture our existing membership so both landowners and we have corporate members who are professionals and trade members nurture them to make sure that they want to stay forever <laughs> and that they get value from their membership either as a landowner or as a or as a professional member um, and to also bring on board new members again landowners and trade and professional members and I think the particular thing for me that that I have been able to use is that GLM were professional members and got huge value from the organization um, a great platform for networking getting your brand out if your target market is rural Scotland well they certainly anyway. seem from what I can see they certainly seem like the glue that holds uh, uh, a lot of stakeholders together mm -hmm. and um, yeah it's a, it looks from from what I can see we've recently joined and it looks lo looks like something that's going to be really exciting for us mm -hmm. to certainly explore in in 2022 so I'm yeah. sure I'm sure our paths will, will cross <laughs> again Hannah you've been uh, extremely generous with your time today coming in to uh, to have a chat with us and I've got one final question for you and that question is Where's the best place to go wild swimming in the Highlands? Because I uh, I know you're a bit of a, a bit of a wild swimmer at heart. Oh, I absolutely love wild swimming, and I I'm looking as I'm sat here at your book, Matt, with your name on it, and thinking, oh, I really need to get mine finished. I'm writing a book on wild swimming. Um, That's awesome. Put me down for a copy. I will. Best place? Oh, it's so tough. So tough. Oh, I don't actually know if I can choose, but I do love swimming at doors. Doors Beach really? into Loch Ness. Oh, I'm not brave enough for Loch Ness. Oh come on, Nessie's not going to eat you. There are much no, tastier things in the Loch. We, we 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 filmed we filmed a project down there uh, called the Ness Nessie Hunter something. Oh, like I've seen that. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like it's like an infomercial for mm -hmm. Seagate drives or something. Uh, and Steve, what's his face, the uh, uh, monster hunter. I can't yeah, remember yeah. his surname. Um, the director was making him in October. <laughs> 
he was in there in just his pants, duck under the waves, and then come out of the waves screaming into the into the camera, and that put me off ever swimming in Loch Ness oh. ever ever again. So Doors is Doors is up there. Doors is definitely definitely up there, and it's I think it's up there because it's such a well known place. Mm. But when you're in the water, you have a different experience of, yeah. and I think that's the same for for so many of these wild swimming places. Um, I also have magical memories of swimming at Loch Migdale, just outside oh, yeah. Bonner Bridge. Yeah. Um, frozen Loch, sunset. Yeah. Smash Fantastic. the ice. Smash yeah. the ice and plunge in um, is one of my favourite favourite memories of that that's, swimming. That's pretty hardcore. That's pretty hardcore. Well, I wish you all the best down in the uh, down in sunny Ayrshire. <laughs> I'm sure our paths are going to cross again soon, yeah. Hannah. Thanks a lot for coming in. Um, how can people get in contact with you if they want to reach out to you in your new role at Scottish Land and Estates? You can find me on Instagram as Hannah Lloyd SLE or on LinkedIn as Hannah Lloyd. And I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for having me. No problems. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks a lot. And that's it for today, folks. Thanks a lot for listening to the RCR microcast. Remember, if you've ever had any value whatsoever from this podcast, you could do me a massive favour by heading over to wherever you get your podcasts and leaving us a review. Thanks a lot for listening to the show, and I will speak to you on the next one. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to Ask the Arb. Your host was Matt Harmsworth. To get your planning back on track, the next logical step is to go to www.go-roavr.co.uk right now and get your instant quote today.